0: After hours, when the city's in bed, after hours, it's when I'm out of my head. I'm a live wire. It's when I'm at my best. After
1: hours, after hours. Hey, it's Steve Balton. Welcome back to My Turning Point, where this week we have the first ever repeat guest. But it's a great honor to have back Ali and AJ. And this time, co-host Sage Bava and I spoke with them about their brilliant new album, some of their California favorites, songwriting, being siblings, and much more. Hope you enjoy this one as much as we did, because it was a blast.
0: Now, you actually happen to have, you have two screens going, and one says Adam Chavez, and the other one says Steve's iPhone.
1: Steve's iPhone. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because I always teach Sage about her multiple personalities, but you know, I need multiple screens to hold my ego.
0: Perfect. Awesome. I love it. I was 100%. like, what's happening here? I dig it. Allie and I are going to start having four screens for an interview.
1: Well, so Al, uh, Adam is my podcast producer and I just use his Zoom to, uh, you know, record the the interview. So yes, that's why. <laughs> But there is no Adam for the purpose of this interview. There is, mm-hmm. however, a Sage, who is both an amazing artist and writer, who's been doing interviews with me. So meet Sage, who's like my favorite person in the world.
0: Hi, Sage. Hi. Good How to meet I just
1: figured it would be, we've been doing a bunch of interviews together. And, you know, I figured everyone would get along really well. And it's always fun. And mm-hmm. I always love talking to you guys as well. It's always so good to see you. Dude, this is so much fun.
0: Thank you. We're happy to be on. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're going to leave and come right back because we just had an issue with our camera. Something's going on. Um, so let me relaunch the meeting. Hold on one second. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Hi. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're here. Okay, we're here. <laughs> wow.
1: All right. Cool. All good. No. And normally we have all the time in the world, but as I was just telling Elena, I actually, it ended up weirdly backing. We have seal at two fifteen. So, and you don't want to keep seal waiting. So,
0: <laughs> Oh, seal is not <laughs> someone who should ever wait.
1: No, but it's all good. So anyway, <laughs> So wait, we're gonna we're just gonna have fun with this today because you know, the album comes out March fifteenth. Yep. Yeah, I, I was great. just on stage because we had dinner plans on the seventeenth, but I was like, Wait, you guys are playing Pappy and Harriet's, which is like the greatest venue I know on the planet. So I'm wait, so your favorite your best Saint Patrick's Day ever. Well, that's
0: St. Patrick's Day ever. And we're not even Irish. I mean, it's so funny because we've been wanting to play Pappy and Harriet's for ages and specifically wanting to do it around an album release party. So the fact that we get to play the record front to back two days after it comes out for the first time with our live band is a dream. We're yeah, going to eat barbecue fun. and play great music outside under the stars.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's the other thing. Sage is based in New York, so she's still learning L.A. So just so you know, Pappy and Harriet's what makes it so special. It's in the desert. So when they say yeah. under the stars it's literally in the desert mm-hmm. outdoors the greatest show that I ever saw there was I got to see Patty Smith
2: That's cool. <gasps> we tried to see Patty there and I remember we were on tour and we couldn't We couldn't, yeah.
1: Three oh, hours in traffic to get there and worth every fucking wow, second because so cool. we tried to see her there and
0: we tried that's to see her at the Henry Miller library. We my were husband like, saw dammit. her
2: at the Henry Miller library, but
0: we missed it. Yeah. Hi, Sage. <laughs> <Hello>. Hi. <laughs> we'll tell you all about LA on this interview. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You guys are experts in it. It's funny from Torrance to uh, Laurel Canyon, but wait, I was asking though. Okay. So this is the best St. Patrick's day ever, but before this, what was your favorite St. Patrick's day ever?
2: oh I don't I don't think that there is one I, mm-hmm. I don't really remember we're not big St. Patrick's Day celebrators not even something we we're not celebrate. Irish we're not big drinkers
0: but I would say usually when March 17th hits I want to say we're on a tour yeah so like I bet or been on or stage. we're in
2: rehearsal for a tour
0: yeah because we've, we've toured a,
2: a lot in the spring kind of early summer but I'm gonna say nothing's mm-hmm. gonna beat this one yeah definitely not
1: all uh, right what's the best show that you guys have ever seen at Pappy and Harriet's
2: um, Allie just saw. A I great just saw show. Phoenix there, and they were great. Um, they were inside, so it was quite crammed. Um, I'm happy that we're we're going to be playing outside, just because I think it'll be even more fun show, just because more people can be there. But um, but we were supposed to see Orville Peck uh, there pre pandemic, and then everything shut down. So we were going to go with our, our our close girlfriend who who really likes his music, um,
0: and then the only show I've seen there, I actually finally was able to like see him cause he's played this venue quite a few times. I was able to see Patrick Watson outside. Um, so for Ali, I think it was an indoor show for me, it was outdoors and it was absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a, like, I mean, if you're seeing the right show there because it's under the stars, it's such a spiritual place.
0: Very, It is. It really is.
1: All right. So wait, so will this show be just the new album with love or is it going to be a combination of stuff?
0: Just the
2: new album. That's it. We're just playing it, it front to back, chronological order. Um, 11 songs. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. With Love from Pappy and Harriet. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite song that you're most excited to play?
0: Um, I would say my favorite song is probably the last song on the record. Six Months of Staring into the Sun. Um, I feel like it's going to be a really climactic ending and something that will really draw people in, especially knowing the venue we're playing. I think it's going to work in a lot of venues, but I think that song specifically is going to translate in a really special way live.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, it'll be uh, a, like a perfect song to end the the set on. Um, we've really tried to kind of weave these songs in and out from each other in a way that uh, is even, I think, more like thought out than a touch of the beat in Mm -hmm. terms of these songs live. Like we actually ended up getting in a room with our band and our musical director. And we did this all like in advance, um, of, you know, really starting this, this tour rehearsal, which really begins in uh, like two weeks. Um, and we've never really done that before. We usually would just kind of do everything over email and then we'd show up and we'd kind of work on the set list. But we were like, we want to prep this out in a deeper way than we've done in the past. So I think it'll I think it'll really um, attribute to a, a special show.
3: I love that title. Can we oh, know the inspiration behind it? Oh, thanks. Uh, well, we definitely don't
0: um, encourage six staring months of staring the into the sun or ever staring mm-hmm. into it. Um, but I think this song was... Gosh, I'm trying to think of like kind of the, the biggest, the major inspiration behind this track. Well, we liked, I think that,
2: that there was a bit of a tie in to A Touch the Beat and that title. Um, but that wasn't really like thought out. I think it just kind of happened by chance. But we, <clears throat> we ended up writing the song with um, two members of the Voids who uh, were on A Touch the Beat, um, they played uh, bass and keys and guitar. And we co-wrote the song with them and uh, a collaborator that we worked with in the past um, that we wrote "Hold Out" and "Personal Cathedrals" with. And it was basically uh, the five of us, which is kind of the like I think that's the most we've ever written with a group of people in one room. We usually tend to just stick to like it just being A G and I and one other person. Um, but I, we got a really cool song, and it was just
0: one session, and we wrote the whole thing. Um, but I think it's cool because it's the only song where we actually chronologically count down how much time you'd want to spend with someone if you had an ounce of time and you had a little more time left than you previously thought you did. And so I think the idea of six months, five weeks, four days, three hours, <clears throat> getting it down to the very last second until you're like, this is, this is all the time we have left. How are we going to soak this up? Um, really embodies the, the, the idea of I only have six months of staring into the sun with this person because this person is the sun for you.
3: Mm-hmm. It's beautiful.
1: Hey. It's so interesting. All right, there's multiple questions to go on with that. And the first one is I want to go back to the idea of it wrapping up the album. And it's such an interesting thing because we've talked about this over time. As you play live more and more and you have the responses, it's funny, I was just listening to the YouTube channel on Sirius Radio and I was hearing the song 40, which is far from their biggest hit, but was the song that closed out the whole unforgettable fire and Joshua tree tour because it got the whole crowd singing along. So for you, do you think about when you're like, even subconsciously, do you feel like you start to notice how an audience is going to respond, start to slip into the writing?
0: Yeah, a little bit. I do. I, 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 I mean, do. I, I definitely I, think that it feeds into the live <clears throat> show because you know, like, okay, this, this is an opportunity for this song to be almost a chant for the crowd So like the end of six months of staring into the sun, we go into this outro and we're singing all that I need. And I feel like that that could be a moment where the crowd really takes over. We have a moment. We're like singing it together. It's a symbiotic part of the show that to me, not every song lends itself towards. So I think that when we can get an audience involved and a song feels like it's gleaning that way, we try to feed into it as much as we can. And, And I think we
2: think about it more as not like let's write a song that we know will go off well in a concert for the fans. But I think it, it makes us excited when we stumble upon that. And we know we've found a song that we have a a strong feeling will really perform well live Exactly, and how to properly place that in the set so that
1: it really shines. All right. So obvious question, greatest closing song of all time live your favorite moment to sing along to at a show live.
2: Um, Oh man, <clears throat> that's, um, oh, holy crap. I'd have to, oh gosh. And by the way,
1: just so you know, I don't know the answer to this either, but it just, the question popped in my head based on, you
0: know. No, it's a really good question. You no, know, honestly, <clears throat> watching Peter Gabriel and Sting and the show with Sledgehammer at the Hollywood Bowl was pretty incredible. Yeah.
3: There's I love Peter
0: Gabriel. We're such Peter Gabriel fans. Huge fans. And to see him close with that song, that melted me. Yeah, that's, Beko.
1: that's Beko is one of the greatest chants of all time.
2: Oh, I couldn't agree more. Unreal, unreal. You know, we were actually uh, watching some of those old performances of Peter playing in the round in like the, I mean, it had to have been 80s, just given the the outfits that were going on on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so like we had it on in the bus and we would watch it after our shows. Uh, and us and the band just were, were all big fans.
1: All right. And the next obvious question, how do you spend the last six months with someone besides staring into the sun?
2: Hmm. Oh gosh.
0: I don't know. Doing all the things that you really, I mean, the things we list are like all things that you're probably not going to get the chance to do, you know? Right. Right. Some of them you are. And
2: I feel like the things that you're probably trying to do are the things that are your favorite memories with that person Mm -hmm. to recreate, you know, to recreate them if, if they're able to be recreated. Um, But I think that those last six months of spending time with that person, I feel like the smaller, more mundane things
0: they are, probably the better. The sad thing is you'll never know when it's your last six months with someone. Yeah. So... This song kind of gives an opportunity to to know that that's coming. And so these are the things I want to accomplish. Whereas in human life, that's never going to be the case. We're never going to know. So to me, this song is kind of a beautiful way to find closure with someone knowing Mm -hmm. the six months is coming. Whereas we really wouldn't be able to plan for it anyway. So I wouldn't even know.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's at the moment then that you realize like, okay, well, you never know when the last six months is. So you should spend every day living like it's the last six months.
0: Exactly. True. Exactly. True. So go to the places you want to go, the memories that you've created, recreate them. And then I would say the last moment is something new, something you've never done with that person before. All
1: right. Well, this ties beautifully in with the fact that you were going to tell Sage all about LA. So where's your favorite LA place to go?
2: Oh man, favorite LA place to go. Um, there's a lot on our list. Uh, we think some of the best burger spots would be Apple Pan. Um, that's an old school spot. We tend to immediately time. go to
0: food. Yeah, we we go. With food.
2: Um, <clears throat> what else? Um, best tacos? <clears throat> what would you say? I think Tito's is great. I think Wasados is great. Best pastrami, Johnny's Johnny's Diner in Culver City. Um, I mean, we have we have some great cinemas from American Cinematheque to the Egyptian to the Arrow. Um, What's your favorite venue to go to? Uh. I would say Will Turner Greek. Those are probably my two favorite um, venues. And I've seen a lot of shows at both of those. Same. Seen Same. a lot of shows at Hollywood Bowl too, but I like the intimacy of the Greek theater for whatever reason. It's like the perfect amount of people in that space to listen to music. And you are outside. So it's it's just perfect. It's a, it's amazing for like uh, a late summer
1: night. And plus, of course, you're not dealing with the freaking traffic on Hollywood and Highland. So there's that.
2: Correct. Correct. That's always a mess getting in and that out of That is an absolute mess.
0: And I highly recommend just driving through Laurel Canyon and honking at the Laurel Canyon Country Market and mm-hmm. grabbing a sandwich and going into Pache for dinner and going to the dry cleaners. Our favorite ladies work there and their sisters.
2: Yeah. And there's like a really just sweet community in Laurel Canyon. So um, people are very friendly at the Country Mart and you know, they come and bring
0: their dogs and have a coffee on the weekends. So there's it's like, very yeah, sweet. there's a, a very cool vibe. Every year there's a big photo, almost like a cast and crew photo at the end <laughs> of the show. It's like everyone who lives in Laurel Canyon takes a picture and it like marks the year. It's just very sweet, the traditions that the canyon holds. So I highly recommend driving through.
1: Well, the other thing about it too, is that, you know, We've talked about Laurel Canyon at length, and you know there's such an incredible music history there. So talk about how that continues to influence you, and t- you know specifically bringing you back to the new album with love. You know, mm-hmm. and it's funny because you know I think again, like Sage, I mean, like that's where "Ladies of the Canyon" was written. Joni, you know, I mean, Jim Morrison lived there. Warren Zevon, all like the great. So for you guys, I talk about how you still and there, and it still keeps that that sort of like '60s hippie vibe.
2: Oh, yeah, very much it does. So. I mean, yeah, I would love to know exactly how it felt in that era because I'm sure it's different, but that magic still lingers in the air for sure. And I think a lot of artists gravitate towards the canyon because there's like a sense of safety here. There's inspiration with nature. You're kind of perfectly in the middle of the city. You can get to places quite easily. Um, and there is like a sense of community. So uh, I think we're always pulling from that with our music. Um, you know, we went back to Sunset Sound to record this record. Um, we worked with a lot of the same collaborators as A Touch the Beat. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that says a lot to the collaborators that we chose to work with because we trust them and we know that they understand the vision and are on the journey with us. Um, and then, you know, we, we introduced some new elements into the recording process. We decided to record our vocals Um, in live takes with the band. So it wasn't uh, separately recorded like it was for Touch the Beat. Mm -hmm. Um, We were tracking with them as they were all playing in a live room. And I think we got some really interesting um, raw performances because of that. We also had less takes to choose from, um, which I also think adds to the live element of some of these vocal performances.
3: I'd love to ask about, um, you both are sisters and I have a sister that's about the same, um, age difference, I think. Um, with this new record, was there anything like spiritually in this bond that you have that arose that was new and interesting? I'm sure with each major project, it's been like different, um, lifestones that you guys have shared. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm wondering if there's something new that came up. Well, I think Touch of the Beat marked
0: the first chapter in our careers where we felt like we had really found our sound. Exactly who we are, who we want to be portrayed as, who we authentically feel we are when we're live or when we're in the studio. And then With Love From has just taken that further. You know, I'm not sure because Allie and I have been doing this together for so long, it's hard <clears> to <throat> pinpoint new discoveries as a sisterhood. But I think our songwriting together grows. I think we get better as vocalists. I think that our harmonizing becomes stronger. I think that our um, resonating on stage becomes more powerful because Allie and I have a lot of years under our belts together. So I think that every time we put out a new record, there will be something that just happens to our bond and our sisterhood that kind of just adds another notch to the belt and that makes me really happy because i can see us doing this for many years um yeah it's almost like it's involuntary we don't necessarily know that it's
2: happening but it's coming out through the music the production the preparation for the tour how we package the album everything that feels like it's all connected i think that that's always going to stem from how is our relationship and how is our closeness as sisters? Um, but I don't know if there was one specific moment that stands out to me. Um, I just know a lot A lot of these days that we spent writing and recording were just so effortless. And yeah. and we didn't write as many songs for this record as we did for a Touch the Beat. We wrote um, a lot less, um, which I also think says something because I think we, knew that we had the songs and we didn't have to keep searching for them.
0: Yeah. And then one more thing I'll add to that is I think that if we're going to kind of call out a discovery, I would say that there's like a bravery that Ali and I now have, I think, when we're in a recording session, whether it's with a lot of musicians or just ourselves. And I think that that kind of newfound bravery really found its way into our vocal performance because of us only having a few takes and singing live with the band. And we've never done that before. So to me, the blend of our vocals and being able to sing at the same time, isolated from the band was just really incredible and brought out a new vocal performance in Ali and I that I think mm-hmm. surprised us. Yeah.
1: So when you go back and listen to it, and it's funny, do you, well, we'll make this a two-part question, but, you know, look, like you say, you have a lot of years doing it. The other thing about it too is as I talk about with every artist in the history of the universe. And sometimes I feel like every artist in the history of the universe, including, you know, Beethoven and Brahms via seance and stuff. But, you know, look, as you get older, you just get more comfortable, you know, so you have more comfort and it allows you to be both braver and have more courage in the stuff you're doing. Did you find that on this record?
2: Definitely agree. I think time, um, is a real gift for an artist because I think it ultimately lends wisdom to all parts of, your creativity. Um, And I think that just the older we get, the more in our body we feel, the more uh, comfortable we are with the messages we want to share and spread to our fans. Um, The more zoned in on our live show we are. Um, I mean, I even think about how we were when we were young kids and we obviously had a vision, but um, you know, to see how far we've come now, I think says a lot.
1: Well, and this is the second part of that, going back to Sage's question about the discovery. And it's funny because what you were saying about how it changes every time. Look, the reality is though, too, good writing is subconscious. So were there things that you go back and now hear in this that you were like, okay, we didn't even know we were thinking that. And it w- can apply to both the sister discovery, but it can also apply to other things in life.
2: Uh, sure. I think there's so- that songs yeah. also have multiple meanings. You know, you might look at a song and it might mean something specific at that one point in time in your life. And then six months, a year later, it totally shifts. And now you're looking at the song through a different lens. And um, I think we felt that with some of the songs off the record where uh, we wrote it with a a specific um, goal in mind, and then we played it for someone and they kind of told us how they viewed the song and then it made me kind of go, well, wait, maybe that is what we were actually writing from, but we didn't even know that was coming out of us. Um, so it's very interesting. Yeah. I, I agree with that though. All
1: right. Wait. So then for each of you, and we'll wrap up with uh, one or two questions more each, because uh, we do have seal waiting, but I'm curious. Cause of course songs change over time. And a song I always look at for me, for example, is Led Zeppelin 10 years gone. I love that song. I heard that song as a kid. You know, and he's talking about, like, it's all about nostalgia and seeing someone in your past. And when you hear it, when you're 10 years old, you don't know what the fuck it's about.
0: Right. So you're just all like, right. oh,
1: this is a cool sounding song. And then you get older and you have people that you haven't seen in 10 years and you have a past and you're just like, oh, okay, now I get it. So are there songs for you as bands that have really changed over time that you have, you know, songs that have maybe been with you all this time, but you now appreciate them in a whole new light? Because I think the uh, thing okay. to a great song is that, of course, mm-hmm. it allows, to, it grows and changes over time for you.
0: Absolutely. I I think a prime example of that, like going back to nostalgia and hearing something for the first time as a kid and then being able to view it differently as an adult. Um, I've mentioned this in a bunch of interviews, but I'm going to be consistent because that's, that's the name of the game here. Um, The Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice hearing that for the first time in my dad's Ford escape as kids growing up, you know, driving down the PCH, growing up Mm -hmm. in California. Yeah. I don't think we knew the ultimate meaning of what that song was about
2: No, and kind of wanting the simpler things. Like you're not thinking about that as a young teen driving in a car, you have no real worries, you know, you're headed to the beach. Everything's
0: kind mm-hmm. of done for you. Um, but it is kind of the perfect ode it is. to nostalgia. And you don't know nostalgia when you're young because you haven't lived enough to understand it. So yeah. then when time goes on, you're like, okay, this song represents exactly how it has I a heavier meaning about yeah. my childhood.
3: Yeah. When you were driving down those roads, who was your favorite person to listen to? And then also who is someone that you would love to collaborate with?
2: Um, when we did kind of our, you know, beach drives, a lot of, uh, heart, the police, beach boys, um, those were in heavy rotation and a lot of country too. We grew up, um, listening to country. My mom is a big, a big country fan. Um, so usually when she took us to school, country music was, was playing in the car. Um, so I think we have a deep appreciation for that. Um, and I, I think if I was to say someone that we would really love to collaborate with, it would be um, Jim James of My Morning Jacket. We're just huge fans. We think um, their career has been really interesting. I think they've managed to be a, a very unique band that uh, has really always uh, had their own sound. Um, they've never been like a trendy band. I feel like they just are who they are. And I think they're incredible live Um, and I just think sonically they, um, they're so lush. Like I think their production is really, um, really beautiful. And, um, I think something that we always strive to accomplish in our album makings.
1: Interesting. That's funny because we literally just saw Jim James of my morning jacket at the beach boys, Grammy tribute. Oh,
2: that's cool. That's That's really cool. Oh my God. It's amazing. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. All right. So we'll wrap up on these notes, but when you go back and listen to this album all the way through, what do you take from it when you hear it as a complete work?
2: Um, I think I take from it that it's a a love letter to our fans and ourselves because um, I think we chose to dive deeper into our like true authentic self as artists. And, and we didn't um, stray from stray from that. And I think we were given the, we were given the bravery with a touch the beat to do that. And then I think seeing that it was uh, appreciated and <clears throat> validated in a way by, by listeners, I think that gave us the confidence to say, okay, then we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're going to choose to root ourselves in a little bit more um, <clears throat> folk Americana storytelling. And we're going to um, choose to, to write, you know, lyrics that, maybe we wouldn't normally write and we're pushing ourselves and we're, we're truly trying to get our absolute best um, music out through this album. And I do think that you hear those, those
0: parts of it um, throughout the record. Um, Yeah. When I, when I listen to it, I think not only does it feel like a, a love letter to our fans and the people who have listened to our music for so long and have remained avid supporters, but a love letter to our sisterhood and ourselves knowing that we've been in this industry for so long and that we got, you know, a second chance and a second bite at the apple and a seat at the table again is a huge feat and something we didn't really expect. So to me, when I listen to this record, I'm, I'm very pleased with what I hear and it's kind of an ode to what we've been working so hard to accomplish. I feel like we've set out and done it, mm-hmm. which really feels very good.
1: It's so funny. Do you feel like, because it's a second, second turn of uh, second bite of the apple as you put it. I'm so branded today, but whatever second bite of the apple as you put it. Do you feel like you're appreciating it more because look, yeah. and I talk about this with people all the time too, as you're younger, when you have this stuff happening, you don't have the context to know it. I was like, I was talking about it with, um, well, not to sound like that name dropping asshole, but Dave Roll and I were talking about it. And it's like, I remember the one time I went and I interviewed, I was at a BMI event and I interviewed little Richard, Chuck Berry and uh, Bo Diddley together. And, you know, now if you would tell me that would have happened, I would probably, you know, freaking keel over. But at the time you're like, oh yeah, this is going to happen every night.
0: Right. No, it's true. You put things into perspective as you get older. I think when we were younger, it was, you know, we got signed really fast. We were taking off, you know, touring at a young age and we were in a bus immediately. And a lot of things happened very fast and you don't really realize how great you have it until you're older and you can actually look back on it. It's mm-hmm. the same thing as the nostalgia mm-hmm. reference. So True. it's interesting. You're able to look back on how great things were and also how bad things were that maybe you didn't have the proper lens on for at the mm-hmm. time.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll wrap up on this. And say, do you have any more questions?
3: On that train of thought, what is the biggest piece of advice you would have told that girl? Um, <clears throat> to not stop.
0: Yeah. And to keep going and keep building a touring career and keep putting out records. You know, I am kind of, I look back and I'm a little sad that there was a 10 year accidental hiatus, but I'm also blessed for that time because I think it brought us to where we are now. So I don't. And I think it was maybe meant to be in a way, but I agree. Like to not,
2: to not take others opinions so seriously and so uh, to heart, because I think we were quite sensitive in a way that I think is very natural for a lot of artists, but especially as women growing up in the industry, I think we took a lot of things personally and it's hard not to, but if I could tell my younger self to to try to not listen to those voices and try to not be deterred from the negative uh, feedback, you know, we definitely got uh, to, from time to time um, and, and to just keep touring, to never stop touring yeah. um, because, you know, now we've had to kind of make up for lost time and it's been wonderful but um it's also been a a, a huge learning curve for us just getting back to being out on the road again um when it was something that we were so used to for so many years
1: cool what do you guys want to add that i didn't ask about or that we didn't ask about because that was literally what i was going to ask you because i was going to say for sage who's like a young artist what advice would you have but that's perfect it's so funny though by the way because i love what you say but at the same time we just interviewed john legend together last week who's genius and You know, he was talking about the fact that, look, for all of the detours he's taken, he has no regrets because if you're happy with where you are now, it's those moments that lead you where you are. So it's funny because when you look at the idea of stopping to tour, but if you're happy with where you are right now, you know, can you look at it and be like, oh, I wish I had done this different? Because the reality is that if you had, you would not be sitting here at this moment.
2: Definitely wouldn't. So you're actually grateful for... All, those, all the time that was spent. All those moments that we just said, you know what? We're going to take a break. We're going to focus on this instead. Um, it was, yeah, it was definitely meant to be because we would not be here. And we definitely would not have made With Love From yeah. in the way that we made it.
1: Cool. On that note, is there anything you guys want to add that we didn't ask you about?
2: Um, come see us live. Yeah, just come see us live. We're hitting like 20 cities, uh, you know, in April. Um, and then we have a show at the Greek, which obviously um, would love to have you guys at if if you can make it. Um, and come see us at Happy and Harriet's if yeah, you can. Yeah, if you can.
1: Wait, so is Happy and Harriet's the only one though where you're doing the album start to finish? Yes. Correct.
2: That's like a special show. And then the yes. rest will be like our official tour. You know, we're playing like a bunch of songs, like 23 songs.
1: <clears throat> nice. Okay. So you're doing the Greek.
2: Yep. Greek. Yeah, that's September. in September. September 8th. Uh, we do the Greek, and then the the day before we're in San Diego at Humphreys. Um, and that's kind of uh, that's that's the the touring so far. Any
1: festivals this year, or am I crazy? Because they all blur together.
2: Yeah, uh, we play uh, Wonderstruck, and we play Beach Life so far, and then there's there's some floaters that are that are possibly going to happen later in the
1: summer and fall.
0: Yeah, not all. I do I love,
1: love Beach Life actually. That's a fun one.
3: I'm excited I'm for excited. that.
0: We've never been. I'm excited. I love that it's Redondo. I'm like, all right, we're going to get some. California Sun. I think it'll feel great. I think, and that's will-
1: like literally coming from Torrance. That's a freaking hometown show for you guys.
3: No, it, it is. It it's is. literally a hometown show. Like we'll
0: be able to see Little Company Mary from the stage. It's perfect where we were born. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, we've got to see also. Thank you guys so much. It's always such a blast to talk to both you of you. Too.
0: Thanks, Steve. Nice to meet nice you, to to sage. sage. Thanks for the interview. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Hey, it's Steve Balton. You've been here on My Turning Point with co-host Sage Bava, as well as special guests Ali and AJ. Thanks.